0: Welcome to The Digital Well, a podcast by Blaine Warren. Being digital in financial services today means many things to many people, and I intend to explore that here. To ask a question or submit a comment to The Digital Well, simply find me on Twitter at Blaino B L A N O, or go to thedigitalwell.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. Hosting and bandwidth and the PowerPress plugin for podcasting on your WordPress website are provided by Blueberry, found at blubrry.com. Additional Digital Well sponsors include Message Watcher, a modern email and social media archiving platform. Find out more at www.messagewatcher.com. And also, don't miss out on Grant Street Creatives, creative retainers, and design assistance for websites, search engine optimization, and any of your creative design needs. Find them at GrantStreetCreative.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Digital Well. This is Blaine Warren, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Pat Allen. Rock the boat marketing today. Uh, I met Pat uh, a number of years ago when I founded Arcovi and uh, actually learned quite a bit about being a smarter marketer as we went through the throes of being a startup and raising money. Um, But it was also another individual who I met via social media, which seems to be a recurring theme when we talk to folks on the Digital Well. It keeps circling back to, hey, we met on Twitter. Um, Fortunately, Pat and I got a chance to also meet in real life. Uh, There are still folks five or six years later that I've met on Twitter that I've yet to shake hands with. So, Pat, uh, I got to meet you in Chicago in the early days. Uh, it's been a lot I guess it's been a long time it's almost like dog years in uh, in digital marketing uh, five or six years seems like an eternity now but uh, thanks for joining us and why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what you do
1: sure thanks for the invitation Blaine. and and I should say the learning continues to go both ways every time uh, every time you and I talk I yeah uh, I come away with a lot and definitely a couple of websites and apps to check out right um, so um, my business is Rock the Boat Marketing, and I specialize in helping asset managers and others involved in, in the, um, the production or the distribution of, of um, mutual funds or ETFs. It's primarily asset managers. And uh, I help them with their, their presence on the web. Um, traditionally, that's been – so I'm laughing at the concept traditionally, right? But, and originally, it was um, <laughs> uh, the website presence. Um, but really, increasingly, it's been the social presence and um, and the extent to which uh, some of them syndicate their content. Uh, so it's all about um, how to be more effective digitally. And uh, and I would say I emphasize effective because um, uh, a big part of my practice is analytics and what you can learn from analytics. And um, let's see, my Twitter handle is Rock the Boat MKTG.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, one of the things we're doing with with the digital well in March and April and May is we're we're focusing in on digital marketing. I, my curiosity got piqued as I start looking at tools like Vesterly, uh, graduating from tools that we all know like Eloqua or Mailchimp, and looking at how it's getting both more complex as well as more flexible. You can do more. There's a lot of different roads you can drive down when we talk about content marketing and digital marketing. And so we're trying to cover the universe, which is, of course, not going to happen. But we're talking to folks from a couple of different areas. You specifically, I invited because you you are a fairly authoritative voice on, on the asset management space when it comes to marketing. And your blog is well read. I know it's a regular haunt of mine because I'm generally surprised by the angles you take, which I love, right, it gives me a new perspective. We're talking to folks in the broker-dealer segment, we're looking at RIAs, we're talking to vendors themselves who are trying to transform (laughs) digital marketing in their own way, put their thumbprint on it. And I thought we would start with you because of the blog that you write and the topics that you cover, you can almost give us a little bit of a where you think the industry is. One of the things that triggered my thinking about this was your blog when you said, we're finally turning on and seeing commenting on blogs. And I know folks outside of the industry would just laugh for five minutes when they hear that, but any of us in the industry know that's a really big deal (laughs) that we're going there, that we're actually going to allow someone to say something back to us. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the state of where asset managers are.
1: Sure. Well, you know that specific. I, I should say, and, and you and I have talked about this over you know over the years. Um, it's sort of fighting words when when um, somebody suggests to me that you know financial services marketing definitely social financial services marketing is so behind the curve. You know because I you know uh, because you can look at the status and you can say well they're not doing what consumer brands are doing. That's sure that's for sure. But this is really a, a fast ramp up uh, in, in my view. And the reason for that is that previously, um, the asset management, you know, global asset management firms had gigantic shareholder bases and, you know, and uh, advisor bases. And the cost of communicating relevantly in print, you know, it just never was um, justified by, you know, you could never communicate as effectively in print or relevantly. Um, and so they, they did it, right? Shareholders were communicated to um, quarterly via uh, a newsletter that had to be light enough to fit into a, a quarterly statement, or they were communicated with Twice a year with the semiannual or the annual report, so there's been a, a, a fast ramp up for asset managers. So you know, I I, I do think yeah that was um, that was interesting when I started. It was BlackRock that that's such a big deal out of you know join the conversation and, and, and contribute to the commenting because that that really is a, a threshold, um, a hurdle to have cleared. Um, you know, I, I think though, and um, and actually I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. I think that it's it's obvious that um, asset managers are really contributing more in terms of just by communicating more more frequently in a more timely way. Of course, that's been enabled by, you know, uh, uh, digital platforms. And it's not as if investors, you know, we see very few people commenting where they can comment negatively about asset managers. Now, you know, I make distinction between asset managers and retail. Back. We went through that, right? But with asset managers, I think the, the big thing that investors want to know is that they don't necessarily want to talk. They just want more information, right? They want more useful information. And this whole digital platform is coming along at a really great time because, obviously, investors are feeling more equipped. Um, so so, so that's, that's – uh, you know, use that or not. That's, that's my little. That's where my my perspective is. Um, but but you know, as far as what I I seen, as far as change is taking place, you know, I would I would really start with overall it's getting much more relevant the communications that are coming from ass managers, and, and um, I attribute that to the very the very first step in embarking on anything social involves listening, and um, you know, implied in listening is learning, right? And uh, there have been quite a few changes that are taking place that have been made possible by improved, and, and I would say technology-supported listening. And it's not just supporting marketing communications, but it's also supporting one-on-one sales communication. A wholesaler representing an asset manager who calls on a financial advisor today, they are much more equipped to get into something relevant because they've been able to you know, follow them on LinkedIn or maybe see their tweet or even read a blog post. So, you know, again, starting with relevant. Um, I, I will say also another thing that's helped is um, marketing automation systems. And you, you mentioned that we're all used to Eloqua. I would say that not all of us are all used to Eloqua yet. <laughs> you know, there's, there's still, you know, quite a bit of learning with with marketing automation, whether it's Marketo or Eloqua or you know, HubSpot. Um, so, so we're learning how to do that. And the importance of that is linking the communication to um, somebody's readiness, right? So where they are in the funnel. And then this, the heightened attention that's being paid to the, to the available feedback in the form of analytics, um, that's actually helping tune the communication. So relevance would be my 1st. Um, my second would be what I think, uh, what I see a lot of ask managers focusing on the 2015, is trying to figure out how to activate their employees to amplify what they have to say, right? Um, and there's a lot of risk in that. Um, but there's also a, a lot of interest in that. Uh, the risk has to do, of course, with the fact that the employees that they want to activate they have to be licensed, uh, you know, registered people, and um, they, you know, and, and also increasingly involves the blurring of their employees' professional and personal life. Um, somebody I worked with uh, had a, had, a, had a wholesaler who had, in a previous life, was a very good personal trainer, evidently extremely good. He didn't want to give up those endorsements as a personal trainer, right? And so, um, so you know, that gets into some some pretty thorny issues. Well, We know what's good for the enterprise, but um, it involves some compromise on the part of the uh, on the part of the employee. And the third, I would say, is just continued mastery of um, the new media. And and the other thing that I would say, Blaine, and I, I think you'd be especially excited about this, is there's a faster uptake in in terms of adoption. Um, I was. Let's say Meerkat came out, you know, a couple of weeks ago and wow, I actually saw an asset manager post Meerkat. I was I was really impressed by that. You know, because usually when we when we think about asset managers adopting new technologies, you know, there's a process, and the process is much longer than three weeks typically. Um, I also saw, that, you know, I've seen somebody post on um, SoundCloud. You can uh, post a SoundCloud uh, file embedded in tweet, and uh, I saw that not too long ago. So so we're seeing faster uptake, and I think it refers back to, you know, what you originally asked me about, which is a lot of commenting. You know, asset managers in general are just getting a little more confident and more comfortable. And, um, you know, I think this could be a really, a really interesting year for some more um, what the rest you know the rest of the industry would consider contemporary communication
0: so we can say that one of the advantages that asset managers have and this is somewhat universal i would think is that traditionally as you mentioned at the outset they went you know a couple of times a year with content right and it was it it, it had to fit inside of certain parameters so one of the advantages i think that we all have is that we can riff right and we can we can tweak going through our marketing content because we can see immediate change, right? We can get response, we can see if there was engagement, we can look at the analytics to see if people responded. Probably the the change, maybe not painful, but the change for the marketing departments and the individuals inside of asset managers has been being able to keep pace with that, right? If they were used to doing it two or three times a year and now they can improvise or optimize one or the other or both, month over month, that's probably a process that, in fact, I would assume you're bringing them along, right? You're teaching them how to retrofit their marketing organization to respond in a more timely manner. Is that a safe assumption?
1: <laughs> you know, um, I really think of it as an oppressed people being free, right? right? Being set free. <laughs> you, know, uh, not, you know, not you to overstate it too much, but, but really when you're... When you're accustomed to, you know, you're, when you're in a mindset, and by the way, you know, asset managers are fortunate because they have employees who have, you know, worked there for several years. They, you know, and they they benefit from the institutional history of it. And, you know, to learn how to be a uh, regulated, uh, to, to, to learn how to be an effective communicator in a regulated environment, as an asset manager firm. You want to hold on to those employees. So, so they're, you know, they're fortunate to have it in place, but as a result of, you know, it, it, we, we all have the joke of, you know, the social media intern walks in the door and you know, all the things we have to unteach them, right. You know, and you're, you use the word improvise. Yeah, that's not going to happen,
0: <laughs>
1: but, but, but you know, right. I mean, it is exactly like walking into a room, Opening the windows and letting the air, you know, the fresh air in. There's a world outside. They're talking in a way that you're not talking yet. Um, I do a uh, um, there's there's something I a little thing I do in a workshop. You know, I say um, if, if you were asleep for ten years and you woke up and you came back. Wouldn't you be surprised to see? And then I have an array of tweets we sort of flash through. I said, well, you know, I haven't been asleep for 10 years. I'm still surprised by some of the stuff that's being able to be said today. But if you're so, if you've been trained to think, we can't do that. Well, we we, we can't do that. We couldn't do that. Now, all of a sudden, there are possibilities, and it really does involve some unlearning and then some new learning.
0: No, absolutely, and and that's that's there's a tangent to that in the technology world where you know fifteen years ago some of the things you can do today with a four dollar app cost a hundred thousand um, dollars, so the IT world experiences that same kind of shock effect. Uh, if they went to sleep and woke back up, they'd be stunned. So that, oh, yeah. that's that's well, very compelling.
1: We have that today. You know, I, um, it's it's not uncommon for me to suggest <laughs> to suggest YouTube to a firm. And somebody in the room will say, that's too expensive, we can't, and we can't add video to our site. I'll say, well, you know, there's no charge for YouTube. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> let's go from there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, certainly the, the resources and the video production, but as far as distributing it and the infrastructure to handle a million people watching it, doesn't cost you a nickel so it's uh it's it's pretty compelling absolutely yeah so these teams now that they can start to emerge right blossom and and start to take advantage of some of the things that their peers in less heavily regulated industries take advantage of and especially as they master uh the social channel the master, the email automation channel, which I agree, I agree with you, that is a very deep bowl to dive into the tools like Eloqua or HubSpot, where there are so many variations and approaches and opinions on how to use them. One of the things I've looked at over the past, and I've talked about this before in a couple of articles, is at the beginning or at the outset of social and financial services, we thought, great, this is going to be the next great free place that where we can save money on advertising, right? And and it's been a longer circle for me because I'm not a marketing expert. Uh, but you know, as I came full circle with using these tools in my own businesses, I came to the assumption. I actually got quite skeptical of the 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 unearned piece is the only piece you use on social, and I'm starting to really shift my opinion to a more traditional view that it is it takes a significant channel of paid media to go along with the earned and unearned channels. And I wanted your feedback on that. In some other markets outside of, I don't think that's a strange conversation for an asset manager. I think they, I'm guessing they might have a similar opinion to mine. In other channels, there's still people that say, no, 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 advertising is dead. But just in studying this for six years, to me, the 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 pinnacle of getting the widest reach through social channels specifically should include an advertising component.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's a righteousness in in organic, <laughs> right? right? There, there, there's a righteousness in well, I grow all my followers organic, and um, and that righteousness tends to come from individuals. Brands are more about. We cannot go on for a whole year with eighteen followers. You know that's, that's just not. We we can't. They got to
0: have five thousand next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, paid can get you there. Um, so. I think it, going back to you know what I say in the workshop, especially when I'm presenting in front of communicators, I say, okay, here's something that you, I bet you never thought of. I bet you never thought of the content you write being the focus of what's advertised, right? Because previously. There was advertising, and advertising was a silo. And you know, what did advertising? I'm saying this as a content person. What did advertising have to do? They had to come up with a catchy phrase. They had to come up with some compelling visual, and they were basically done for the year. <laughs> right. and, you know, and content people, you know, you know, had a different had a different taste. And now what's happening is we're actually advertising the content, the availability of the content. And in some cases, the specific, you know, you'll, you'll see on Banner it today for the first, the first few lines of investment commentary, you know, to me, that's wild, but they, you know, so there's the commitment to the investment, there's an investment in the content, which there always has been. And now there's the distribution of it, which requires an investment. So I, I agree with you that if, you know, that if you're a, uh, and ask you know, if you have expectations to get somewhere fast, or to get somewhere where you consider yourself on par with the others, because remember, a lot of these analytics are public, right? And um, th- that's important. There, there's a there's a lot of benchmarking going on.
0: That's right.
1: So I agree. With, I, I agree with you that you you um, that advertising can get you there. Absolutely. I, I would say um, I think you and I might be talking about banner ads. Um, I would tell about banner ads, I would say at the top of anybody's list still should be an AdWords campaign. And the reason for that is anybody who's using search today, they're already somewhere in the funnel, right? Um, if, if you're um, in social media, for example, you know you and I keep an eye on the Twitter streams, you know, you're, you're in a mode right then, you know. Tell me something I don't know, right? You know, present something to me. But if you're in the search mode, you're a little further in the funnel. And um, many asset management firms today still have um, issues with being dis- discoverable in search. And it's a problem that's only getting you know. Nowadays, you need to be number one if you're being searched for on a mobile device, right? So, so I would I would say Twitter has a lot of really interesting, very affordable. Advertising programs. Um, uh, The same with LinkedIn and you know on Facebook to a certain extent too. Facebook's got a range of programs, but you know it's appropriate and it's you know we may have to talk about that. But um, yeah, but but I would say the social ads are very interesting. YouTube, um, but but I would say start start with an adwords ad. What's what's um, and you mentioned earlier that it may be more work. um, I think you also alluded to pay. It's, it's all more work. It is all more work. And um, some of it involves pain, and the pain has to do with the fact that um, the best people who to, to weigh in on the AdWords campaign, and this is, you know, if there's one thing, you know, I would like to get out, if there's, if there's somebody who's going to get involved in the Edwards campaign, it, 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 lots of mistakes are made when it's outsourced. Still the content people have to be involved in those AdWords, you know, and um, also with an AdWords campaign, that's something It's not like, you know, you buy the Super Bowl commercial and then you take off for the rest of the year. It's the opposite of that. It requires a ton of maintenance, management, tweaking, and learning from it.
0: Yeah, the, the, and it really does uh, change the game when you're looking at your Google Analytics because of the things that you can do with AdWords. Twitter is starting to do this and Facebook as well with your code. You can extend to your website and start to get more discovery from your, your paid advertising. But AdWords has done that all along and it, and it only makes more rich the Google analytics because you can start to strike the balance between organic and pay-per-click and other sources. And you know, it's funny. It's you, you mentioned Facebook. I know it's not appropriate for every, every segment of financial services, But it is the one that is starting to have probably the most sophisticated ad set because it's people are very skeptical of Facebook ads because when you just randomly boost a post and even try to create some filters, you don't get the expected results, right? You don't see the expected people coming to you. And that's a topic for a whole nother episode of the podcast. But the tools are getting catching up with the likes of, of Google AdWords, which I think has an incredible tool set. To build out, yeah. I, I do agree with you. It's definitely work. You can't just set it and forget it. You have to tune it, tweak it, uh, and really optimize it over time. And it's again in in the asset management space. That's not foreign language to say we're also going to have to extend our advertising to social. I like your point though that you can't just throw it, punt to the agency uh, with some talking points. You have to. You can go to your agency to get the mechanics done, but I think you have to include. In the decision tree or just group of individuals with authority on the project, definitely the content people because they know uh, what to promote to get folks to the right place. So that's that is a it's a fascinating thing that's unfolding, and I'm hearing more people ask about advertising, um, and it sounds like that's the norm. Um, it's funny, I you mentioned Twitter, that's the one I've protected the most. I've kept that purely organic over seven, almost eight years now. Uh, but the other channels, I uh, uh, unashamedly use advertising even for my own profiles because the reach, you just can't reach far enough sometimes to get enough visibility, especially Facebook. My my goodness, the way they tweak that news stream, so you could go from having 10,000 people something to have two people see something. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's jarring, and, and and of course, what a great model, right? You got to keep swiping the credit card to getting visibility uh, on that social channel. So smart,
1: but it's it's reach, but it's also targeted. You know, That's right. um, all of them offer such uh, exciting targeting capabilities. You know, on um, on Facebook and on Twitter, you can upload. A, a list of your contacts, and they will find lookalike audiences, right? I mean, you know, wh- wh- who else, where else could you get that? You know, ten years ago, that never would have happened, or five years ago. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of value and excitement there. Um, back to the, to the value of the content. You know, I was, um, uh, it used to be that whoever wrote the shareholder report, whoever the content person was who liked to share the shareholder report, um, it, it didn't really matter because nobody was, you know. It, they mattered from from the firm's perspective, but it was generally assumed that nobody ever read them. Right today, you know, I really think they should have the reserved parking space in the parking lot because they are so you know they're VIPs. You know, if if you're the writer, you should be pulled into a ton of meetings today. Not just the um, not just the product communications, not just the investment communications, but also in the advertising you know, that they, they, they really need to. Otherwise, the you know, uh, a lot of the effort is being undermined. One, one other thing. So, okay. So this is how it is, right? You say some things and you made me think of something else. Just um, yesterday, Marketo announced, by the way, I don't represent Marketo in any way, but um, Marketo announced that it was coming out with a feature that would uh, integrate with, adwords and then you know obviously google analytics and what that would mean is it's not enough just to know that it converted right that an ad converted that somebody came clicked on your call to action you know gave you uh, submitted their name but also did that name result in a business relationship because if it did then let's optimize for those right right so that and that that is really powerful. So you've got these systems working together. And again, just leading to more targeted, more smart buying, a greater return on investment is, is you know' is the end goal.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's that's very powerful. If you can get a step closer to linking it to this is the optimal personality that we want to reach and fine tuning that audience, that'll influence everything else you do. If you can pull that off with AdWords through your analytics, you're gonna start looking to do that through those other advertising channels. And like you mentioned, that is a very cool feature uh, of both Twitter and Facebook that you can you can input an audience and they'll find more for you, which as you said, yeah, that would have been millions of dollars uh, even five years ago. Um, and now it's just a feature uh, and you sure. put it into your campaign and run it. So it is incredibly compelling. You know, as a way to, to cap off our conversation i was really intrigued by your discussion about the the trickling down effect into organizations of of making individuals ambassadors in various ways this is something and i know why you mentioned this this, this is something i'm very passionate about from the arcovy days and then i was trying to find ways to unlock not just more users but who should be the right who and how should you create ambassadors in your organization A lot of folks default, of course, smartly to marketing and the sales channels where you're going to bring in potential business. But I was always having a conversation about having come from the industry, where did things get right? Where did the problems get solved? In operations, it was folks who knew a person or this group inside of this organization that's not in the the process document that we use. I know how to solve this. I'm just going to call Susan over here. She knows how to push around the the pieces on the board over there to get someone on the phone with us to fix this problem. Those are also areas where I like to explore, right, operations, customer service, technology, business development, where there could be great ambassadors for a brand to go along with the obvious channels. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that front.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the um, the Edelman Trust Barometer, which is done every year, um, uh, I, I think consistently they demonstrate that um, who the message that gets trusted most is the message that comes from the product or the operations level, you know, not somebody at the management level, um, you know, just, just because, yeah, obviously they're closer to the customer and they're closer to, uh, they seem to have an integrity. Um, so, And in in the asset management world, you know, there are a number of positions that you could say, why don't they have a, you know, could say and said, uh, you know, why don't they have a presence, you know? And and, uh, what we have seen is uh, actually very few CEOs, but mostly investment strategists and economists. Those are the faces. Those are the individuals that represent asset managers today in social media um, in the official role. And then we start to see um, some wholesalers and we've started to see some people representing product lines, like, you know, the retirement solutions area. Um, It gets extremely tricky. Um, You know, obviously analysts would do, it's really a trade-off. Could analysts create compelling content and build a following? Sure. What would that do? You know, what, what would that do to the overall product? You know, especially, um, you know, mutual fund. Everybody has to be concerned about front-running, etc. So that's, you know, that's, I, I would say that's a no-go for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, on the ETF side, we see some very interesting blog posts doing exactly what you should be doing. Not talking at the product level, but talking just one level above the product level, right? Um, talking about, you uh, know, uh, the need for clean water. You just
0: happen to have a water ETF. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's see, now, I don't always look at that, and I know you don't either. Some folks look at that cynically, right, and say, well, the reason he's talking about that is he wants us to invest in ETF. But he or she also probably has a deep well of expert, right? There, you can't roll up an ETF with a sector or a commodity unless you've got really deep expertise in a particular area to be able to prove it right to show your cred to not be asleep at the wheel to be able to assume and monitor indicators and make moves when you need to i think that's the brilliant part about the etf space is there's a a lot more vertical expertise and you know of course i immediately think oh my gosh they could be doing video they could be doing audio they could be doing all this really cool stuff through these different channels, so I I get very excited about that, as you can tell, because I cut you off mid sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I well, I agree with you. No, I agree with you completely, and I don't think there should be any cynicism. I mean, um, so forgive forgive an old story, but um, years ago I launched. I helped um, a firm launch uh, the first solar ETF, and you know, and I was a mutual fund marketing person, and. Um, the, the day of the launch, there was a lot of excitement in the market about the product and what happened. My phone started ringing about from people who represented solar. And, and, and the, the impression was made on me, hey, you know, to us, as an investment product. But to everybody else, they think that we have a stake in solar. Right. And so, you know, I don't I, I think that there's less cynicism and I think that there's more a, an assumption. Hey, if you're providing access to this area of the market, then you might be a source on it, and we're happy to read about what you know about that. And so that's why, you know, so so you know, back to the question about who in who in an organization. It's very tricky for regulated firms. It's it's um it it it, it's it's tricky. Uh, The the mechanics are tricky, and again, the question is, are we? What's our gain versus what our exposure could be. But, um, but, you know, those product people, those, um, those, those, those people that represent, uh, you know, who, who does an awesome job is uh, Frank Holmes from um, uh, U.S. Uh, Global Investors, they, you know, on, on the commodities. That is just, you know, he takes a handheld camera. Um, or he has in the past handheld video. And they, when they go and they look at gold mines, there he is. I and mean, that kind of content is is so rich, so engaging. And again, it's more than watching a ticker sample go up and down. it's it, it's actually coming to life, uh, bringing bringing what you're exposed to coming to life. So um, I, I think I think I think that there is a lot of potential there, to be honest. I don't see it moving a lot this year. But I know that there's some interest internally in getting there um, if if everything can be worked out.
0: So if I was going to try to simplify, and of course, it's a dangerous <laughs> thing to do, but if I was going to simplify the broader asset manas- management industry, um, it seems like the, the very large... Uh, Global concerns that have the capital and the resources to and the and the expertise to throw at these new digital channels, they can obviously unlock this pretty effectively over time. Obviously, ETFs they have a really cool story and an opportunity because of what we just discussed. Um, but the just again the smaller the more boutique firms in the space may not be even though they could be very nimble they may not be a first mover right because they feel like they may be going up against goliath one they don't have the resources to tap uh, so they have to you know figure out demystify the the compliance and the kind of the obstacles in the way is that a safe assumption that in, in in your space you know, the Black Rocks of the world, they, they can figure this out because they can throw dollars and resources at it to, to make it work for them. Uh, but that the, the more boutique space, they, they are the ones that perhaps struggle a little bit to make the maneuvers uh, to make this work for them.
1: Well, Blaine, I'm a Libra, right? So it's always on one hand, but then on the other hand. So I I think that we, you know, I, I know I've said this before, but we are fortunate in this space that the leaders, and I would say first Vanguard, Vanguard really embraced this. I mean, eight uh, in 2008, American Funds was still at the top, and American Funds, by the way uh they have a linkedin i'm pretty sure they have a linkedin presence they definitely have a youtube channel but they really haven't been too much involved in in the rest of this um vanguard you know definitely gets the credit for taking the lead and um taking the early lead and blackrock obviously is all over it now a lot of the largest organizations are all over it we're really fortunate that they see they see the opportunities and they're benefiting from it, right? They just continue to invest more in it. We're really fortunate. However, every one of those global businesses is complex. And um, they they can't move as fast. And they also don't have, you know, the way, um, you know, I really believe the way you build a following is you're very consistent about what, what they're going to get, what your followers are going to get from you, right? And um, and that gets Pretty diffused, fragmented when you're a gigantic organization.
0: Yes, I would the agree small, there.
1: Yeah, so I believe the smaller firms, wow, they could, you know, they can get it done. I mean, they, and, and, and by get it done, we're talking largely social. By get it done, I mean they can get attention. And, you know, again, going back to those lookalike audiences, there's an opportunity to really scale using Twitter. To absolutely very much scale and get attention now once you get attention somebody looks at your firm and your size or the size of your funds and what's happening with your funds and then they look at somebody else well then that's another you know then you have to take it all the way home and, and maybe you can maybe you can't but definitely I think that there are opportunities for firms on both sides of the spectrum to get attention more so and more uh, economically than ever before
0: so it is the the the, the, uh, the small can eat the big if they can figure out how to be nimble and and how to track this space and get it right. Um, for, it, they actually can take some great examples and Vanguard's spot on. I, I mention them a lot when I talk about large enterprises in any segment that have figured out how to start unlocking this. They've done some really neat things across many many channels to figure out which ones work for them um, and there are others like Putnam who I, I've i enjoyed their, their, their advisor channel they created an advisor tech tips segment that is pretty interesting their wholesalers get to pick their favorite app or a productivity technique and push it out there's some neat stuff that's been done uh, that lays the groundwork shows the examples and obviously proves that compliance is not a complete and comprehensive obstacle it's just simply a A channel to be navigated
1: yeah i mean i think putnam is a very interesting example because in 2008 putnam wasn't well loved um by advisors um you know there there has been they had a
0: tough decade (laughs) yeah
1: yeah they did but you know that was um actually they were one of the very first firms that put advertising behind their social product they actually promoted Robert William Robert Reynolds has a blog, he has a Twitter account. You know, that was actually the subject of what they they spent media dollars on. And and you're right. I mean the advisor tech tips, they really turned around and, and, and I think if you were to talk to them, it's the result of several things, but social media is definitely a component of that. Um I I can't agree with you saying that the small can eat the big. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. I I can't go all the way there. Um, but I, but I will say one firm that I have always paid attention to and, um, it's, it's, it's small, but it, it is a very conversational and, you know, and I just love what it does in, in the, in the space. It's advisorships. You know, if you've ever seen what they do on Twitter, um, they also have a Facebook presence and, um, you know, I assume, I, I'm going to say uh, Twitter and uh, Twitter and Facebook, and uh, they also have a blog. But they are very conversational. When when somebody says something, uh, Investment News um, quoted the uh, CEO of Eaton Vance the other day about ETFs. And Eaton Vance, of course, is about to come out with a, a line of ETFs. And um, uh, the advisor shares. I, I believe he's a CEO. He, he didn't like what the other CEO was saying about EPS. He went ahead and he commented on it on his blog. Awesome. You know, he's, you know he, is, he is revealing what he thinks. He, he's um, taking the opportunity, to, you know, to be part of this conversation. He got a lot of attention for it. Advisor Shears is definitely uh, an example of a firm that plays well above its weight, and it's doing it really effectively
0: that's outstanding and that's a great example and and i do your correction is is on point i didn't meet they can beat or eat the big the small i should have said they can outmaneuver them in some cases right just like your example where they're playing above their weight that that's a perfect example if they can navigate the channel really well um, they can pace compete and potentially outmaneuver some of their larger competitors so that's that's spot on. You know, this is really illuminating, Pat, when when we have these discussions. And I so appreciate you joining the podcast because this again, right, that there's such a huge difference, even though there's so much similarity, there's diff- so distinct differences between the channels, RA to BD to Asset Manager, that are really important to understand. And again, it just points back to the fact that there's not one recipe that works for everybody, right? You have to figure out your balance of earned, unearned, and paid how and who and what you're going to use uh, in these digital marketing channels to make it work. So it's really valuable. I think folks are going to uh, love some of the examples you've given as well. So thanks so much for joining us today. And since we're recording this on April 2nd, let me add happy Easter as well.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks, Blake. it's, it's a final thing I should say as I'm reviewing just, you know, what we talked about. The one thing that I would say is I know that you have a lot of advisors who, uh, who listen to this. And I would say that... Um, if there has ever been, and I think there has been frustration about the, um, sort of scattershot approach to communications from asset managers in the, in the past, um, I would, you know, I would guarantee that that's going to improve. As I know advisors are trying to improve their digital communications, right? They're being more, more targeted. Um, that is definitely going to improve in the, in the next year. So appreciate the patience and, you know, look for, look for better.
0: Oh, no, this is fantastic, and, and that's a great message, and we'll fold that into the uh, speaker's notes as well as some of the examples you cited that are visible online, we'll point to those as well. So, Pat, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks
1: for the invitation, Blaine.
0: Thanks for listening to The Digital Well, a podcast by Blaine Warren. To ask a question or submit some feedback, you can find me on Twitter at Bueno B-L-A-N-O, or you can go to thedigitalwell.com, where you can also subscribe to be sure you don't miss an episode. Thanks as always for tuning in, and we do hope to hear from you soon.